This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, what's going on? Oh, not much, John. It's cold and wet where I am. You? Yeah, it's cold, but I'm not going to even complain because I know that it's colder on the East Coast. So, you guys had some really cold temperatures back there. So, you know, um, yeah, it is cold. It is wet. Um, I'm thankful that I live in Southern California, though. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. So, what do you have on tap for us tonight, sir? All right, tonight, best of 2017. So, I mean, 2017, you know, it's like, oh, it was a year. It happened. And, you know, but we're here in 20, 2018, so we live to see, live to tell the tale about it. And I won't lie. It's like, you know, there are a lot of good comics here, but I honestly kind of struggled to um, wrangle um, this stuff into a uh, best of um, list to the point where it's like, you know, while I, it's like while I really enjoyed all the stuff I'm going to talk about for my top 10, it's like there wasn't one that kind of like made me go, it's like, this is it, like in previous years, like it's like with um that volume of The Walking Dead for last year and the Sandman Overture for like for twenty for twenty fifteen. So now that's not to say that I don't think you should all go out and um buy um my um pick for the best of the year and um tell your friends about it because you absolutely should. But um I'm just saying like this is this is one of those years where it's like it just like I said it was just a little bit harder than usual like to wrangle things together. But, that being said, I still got plenty of stuff to talk about, including, you know, it's like one, like, absolutely terrible one. Um, you may be able to guess what it is, but if you've been listening to my podcasts, but, you know, it's like, here we go. So, starting things off with the honorable mentions category. Stuff that was good, definitely worth, I thought it was definitely worthy of mention, but just wasn't quite, um, it's like, um, up there to, like, like snag and mention the top ten. So for that we have um God Country by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Their breakout um story of an of an old man with Alzheimer's. She gets the sounds on a mystical sword that restores his mind, but is also wanted by a it's like by an evil god. It's like um sev- like um several solar systems away. It's when it comes to it's like um getting like um telling a, a human human story. It's like with um like like with. I'm sorry, I'm telling you a, a high fantasy story, but with human, like, um, human stakes, this is, like, textbook. This is, like, how it should be done. I look forward to reading, um, reading, um, the Thanos series from Cates and, uh, and Shaw. It's, like, when the first one is collected, um, later this year. Then we have, um, Golden Kamui from Satoru, Satoru Noda. This was a very entertaining, it's, like, um, pure, it's, like, um, early 20th century, like, adventure story. It's like about it's like about a, so, about a soldier who winds up um get getting clued into a uh, hidden to, like, to a hidden fortune that was tattooed on the skins of s- several different conflicts and the uh, native girl that he teams up with in order to uh, track like um, track down the fortune. It's, it's like um it, even if it is kind of like a vehicle for the for the author to it's like to um display his copious um, amounts of knowledge about the um Ainu but I knew culture. It's like and Japan at the time. It's like it's still like a very. He still does it in a very entertaining fashion. Also along those lines is the girl from the other side, Siro Larun. It's like by by Nagabe. This is very much in the same vein as another like um like former best of the year pick. Um, it's like um the ancient Magus's bride. It, it's a very um creepy storybook tale about a about a little girl. It's like who is um. It's like who lives with a uh, very, very creepy but very human monster. It's like, it's like um, in 
it's like in the out, like in the outside, where all the regular humans live on the inside in order to stay away from the curse, curses that are directed by the outsiders. The series, like, it's kind of, it, it raises like, it's the way it's done. It's like it's like, it's raising a lot more questions and it's providing with answers, but the, uh, it's like, but the um, mood and um, look at the series is, it's like is very, it's like is very unique. And the core relationship between um, between the uh, like the, the sensei, it's like and the girl, it's like is it's like is ve- it's like is very compelling. It's like and something I really it's like I really look forward to following. It's like even if we it's like even if like the end result leads to no answers at all. Then we've got um, the new Jessica Jones series from Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos. Um, the original Alias was one of um, Bendis's um, like um, best. Like on um, best stories at Marvel, and this and the first two volumes of this new one, it's like are st- are very much in, in that vein. While I had my issues with um how Bendis threw um Jessica's life under a truck, um like in the first volume, it's like he did do 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 the fairly decent job of addressing them, addressing these issues in the second volume, which was also you know showed that you know hey this is over I liked. Um, from from the original series, you've got this um, you got this character, talented um, talented but damaged private investigator digging into some of the weirder, it's like um, and less less savory corners of the Marvel universe, and it's like and even though Bendis's output has been to put it char- charitably very uneven, it's like over the last um, like couple of years, it's like this can like um, these volumes of Jessica Jones show that he that that he, that he that he can still that he can still deliver when he puts his mind to it. So it's like, and that um, he'll be, he'll be at least, he'll hopefully be going out on a high note, like if nothing else. All right. And then like we've also got um, the dark Knight, the last crusade, which I read as part of my the podcast on the uh, um, dark Knight three. And, uh, you know, it's like, while it kind of goes out of saying at this point that the sequels to Frank Miller's seminal, the dark Knight returns had, did not live up to the standards set to the original. This one, well, if well, it's probably it's probably the closest. Like um, they've actually like anyone's actually come to recapturing the spirit like of that work. Like not only does it tell a uh, like like tell a story that <clears throat> tell a story that's like you know kind of that's kind of important to like to the mythos, like how like just what happened to Jason Todd. It's like and how. Ha- it's like um like um while he was working under under Bruce Wayne it's like and it also shows us you know just how um like just it's like just how um broken down um Bruce Wayne had become it's like as it's like as he aged into it's like um his, his role as bat it's like as batman it's like um as like and the uh, scripting like it, like you know it's like it, it felt it's like um it felt more distinctly like um like um, Brian Azrael than his than his work in um, Dark Knight The Dark Knight Three did, and um, John Romita Jr.'s um, really strong artwork also um, like managed to channel um, some like um, Frank Miller on one of his definitely one of his better days. So there you go. If you well, it's not a necessary read. It's like if you are, it's easily the best um, you know Dark Knight related thing that like the DC has given us. It's like since like since the original for what it's worth all right so with all the honorable mentions out of the way 
let's start with the 10 best. So starting off, number 10 is All-Rounder Meguru by Hiroki Endo. This is a um, grounded story about a, about a kid who um, like enters into like a um, mixed martial arts club and um, try it's like and tries to better himself. It's like um, by like um, by perform by um, by by learning by learning the ropes there. It's like, and also to um, like eventually possibly reconnect with his um, former friend who's become a uh, it's like a real killer on the on the circuit there. It's like I it's like I've really enjoyed um hiroki endo's um work in um it's like in eden and tenpenshu and i was thrilled to get another volume of another another series of license for u.s release um has you more satisfied um to see that hey it actually turned out to be pretty pretty great too i mean yes it's kind of like it does kind of like follow the same uh like oh like um kid tries to be the best at x um type thing that you know Shonen Jump series all, but it's but it's also grounded in um like in fairly fairly believable teen it's like t- like teen concerns and also some of the more some of the more realistic fighting I've seen it's like I've seen in manga manga to date. So now the problem is that there are only five volumes available, and um no word on um whether or not Kodansha is actually going to um publish more of it. I'd love to be proven wrong as um as they told me when I asked them about this at Comic-Con, but, um, but, you know, Hey, I can only hope that, you know, it's like, we'll, that we'll get, um, like the rest of it. It's like, like over the course of 2018, and I can only hope if you all start buying it right now, we'll come back to this thought later. Anyway, number nine is chew by John Lehman and Rob Guillory. Now, this is one of the things I was most looking forward. The finale of this series is one was something I was most looking forward to read, reading, um, this year, it's like the story about a um, guy who gets psych, um, psychic impressions from the food he eats, and um, Layman has like um like um took this oddball premise to um just like um really weird and it's like in funny places. It's like over the like over the course of the series, sixty issues and various spinoffs, and um Rob Guillory like was with him all the way with some really really demented and funny artwork along it's like it's like along the way. Now the uh, the final volume did kind of read like it was, didn't like. I wouldn't say it kind of like delivered my like you know feelings of oh it's like it was like I didn't see that coming. It kind of like feels like inevitable. It's like as if like you know oh so this is how it's going to end. All right, but then you know it's like going back and rereading the entire series, I really had to appreciate just how well it's like it all hung together. It's like and it's like and how it's like you know like it was like is there the ending that like, didn't blow me away, I still had to respect just how well like um like um Lehman had planned things out. So I it's like I hear that um he and Guillory are planning something new um like for like for the near future and I definitely look forward to seeing what they're trying there after this. Now also from the image stable is um volume two of Monstrous um the blood. Now this is a story of a it's like, it's like of a girl who like who's been um who's had a um a, a godlike power um like um like um trapped trapped inside her by um by by her mother and how and and about her efforts to try and figure out just you know why it's like um what this power is it's like and um what it's like and what right why it was put there and what for what purpose what purpose should it be used it's like and also just you know finding a way to negotiate with said power 
because it's also an, a, an ancient god that that also um, it was also on um, really good terms with the uh, with the empress that forged the current power um, balance of power that still persists in the in the world that lives the series exists in today. Volume two did a really good job of expanding on the uh, it's like on it's like on, on the world that was introduced in in the first volume. And also presenting a really dense read of the kind that um, you don't see all that much in comics these days. So I say, well, I um, I can't really complain about that. But you know, it's like reading this, rereading the second volume. I really did did appreciate just you know, it's like how it's like something you really you have to like it's something that demands your attention and you can't just burn through. It's like it's like and it does and it does also rewards close attention as well. So oh. And also, um, the cats are, like, are are utterly fantastic. I love that too. So, th- so there you go. Um, number seven is another manga, "My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness" by um, Nagata Kabi. Now, this was um, part of a uh, last minute. Like, I'm going to um, pick up pick up a couple titles to see that have been mentioned on other um, best of lists to see like if they um, agree agree with me. Well. This one did agree with me, but it was kind of a painful agreement, really, because it's like it's because the story starts off with a really um, hard gut punch, um, as um, as um, the, as the mangaka tells us, like really lays out her her issues with like with um, interacting interacting with people and depression. It's like and binge eating. That's kind of like, oh man, this is. Like it feels really true to life, and it's really hard to, uh, it's like, like to read, like to read along with this as well. But you know, it's like just if you stick with it, and keep going. It's like you'll eventually like, um, like she just started like bringing you into her mindset, but also just like taking you along with her as you know things are bad, but they eventually get better as she, it's like as she tries to deal with them. And um, she tries, and as she uh, get, gets to know things about herself, as to the point where she arranges a, uh, it's like, like a, uh, an encounter with a, uh, like a with a um, with a female escort, which is you know like part of the title, like my lesbian experience with loneliness, and um, and how that goes. So it's so yeah, like I said, it's hard to sit through, but eminently worth it if you like, like if you it's like if you do, it's like like I said, it's, I. I'm not really a fan of the like, like the stuff that kind of that falls into the the ruin your day stuff. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like it ruined my day, and um, I'm don't really feel like reading it again. But you know, it's like this this title. It's like I it's like I would go th- go through it again just because the it's because it's one of the series that you know it's like hey, it didn't ruin. It looked like it was going to ruin my day, but it but it didn't. So there you go. Number six. Um, is Stumptown Volume Four: The Case of a Cup of Joe? Now, this comes with a caveat because it's because um, all four volumes of Greg Rucka's um, like series about um, private, Portland private investigator Dex, Dexedrine Parios are all prohibitively expensive in the sense that they are all, they're they're all in oversized hardcovers that will run you about thirty bucks. Now, the catch is that you know, I've been enough of a bargain hunter over the years; I've managed to avoid buying. All four of them at cover price. Now, Oni Press is finally getting around to um, selling these at in softcover editions, like 
you know, at a normal size, as they should have been from the start. But, you know, Stumptown Volume 4 was like the first one where I've, like, I've been less, less, in, less in, the least inclined to complain about this um, pricing situation. Because it's, it's, because while there's been an element of seriousness to all of, um, like, um, Dex's cases, they've all been good. But this one is good goofy in all the right ways because it's all about um dex getting a job from a um coffee from from a um hotshot um coffee producer um to guard his um like um cat shit coffee no it's like really and um it's like and to from for all the interested parties it's like this includes um the barista mafia and a, a multi-billionaire guy who has his own um james bondish henchman like on hand to do his own do his own dirty work. Oh, and also Dex's um, no good sister Fuji has also um, blown into town as well, and she's got to um, deal with that as well. So it's so it's like it's definitely a lot lighter than previous um, Stumptown um, ser- um, adventures, but it's all but it's all the more entertaining like for it in it's like in this case it's like it's like um, Rucka tweaks tweaks your expectations and just just the right way and Justin Greenwood's art it's like it's just spot on per- perfect for like the uh, for the tone that, that he's aiming to, like to, um, to convey here so there you go all right moving to the top five now we've got new Avengers aim volume three Civil War two now with a name like that you're probably wondering what the hell is that doing here well here's the thing you wouldn't expect I know like no one would expect no one in their right mind would expect a uh, Marvel um, comic with a um, with the volume that has a tie-in to one of its um, least liked um, events, like in years. Well, you know, prior to um, Secret Empire, at least. So, like to be any good. But here's here's the thing. This isn't really a tie-in to Civil War Two. It's got some it's got some nominal um, like ties to it true but what this really is is the payoff to the um to the first year of stories from from new avengers now um the first now i wasn't expecting much when this um series came out i figured well okay it's like you know we'll see what al ewing does i mean did some good work on on it's like on loki agent agent of asgard but um he actually did he did a um bang up job on picking up a lot of the threads that um, Jonathan Hickman laid down from his um, run on event on like Avengers and New Avengers, particularly the business with um, with um, Bobby DeCosta on um, buying AIM, and now he's running it himself. And um, now and and he also um, and also the fact that you know the evil Reed Richards from his Ultimate Fantastic Four run, known as the Maker. Well, now um, like well, it's like now he's plotting his own bad guy stuff in the. Uh, it's like in the Marvel universe now, and it's up to uh, it's up to um, um, Bobby's um, team of um, like of Avengers um, by way of AIM to um, to stop him. And this is this is the part where um, the Maker makes his move, and well, now Bobby and his crew have to have to stop them. This if this is like a perfect example of uh, if. Of um of uh, comic book superhero plotting coming together, the kind of things that you know, like I loved the kind of cleverness I love to see in my superhero comics. It's like if all Marvel superhero comics um came, came together this well, they wouldn't be in the, the situation they 
they are right now. It's like, I mean, the bits where, um, like when um, the maker's um, evil AI Omnitronicus um, takes, um, actually pulls pulls in all of the, uh, it's like the, uh, it's like the um, defense weaponry in, it's like in Bobby's um, office, and you think, it's like he's like, oh shit, man! It's like he's gone. It's like, how's he gonna be able to to um stop this? And like, as I'm touching this, saying like, this is the room of your doom. And uh, Bobby's like, wait, you know, I mean this is like a danger room? And you're like, oh shit, man! It's like it's like a danger room. It's like 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 when he was in the X Men. He's got this. That kind of um like like um continuity type springboard plotting is is what this volume is full of. And yes, you have to read the first two volumes to really appreciate all the setup that's being done. Like to get the payoff in um, this third volume, but let me assure you, it's going to be worth it. This, like I said, if it it's probably it's one of my favorite. It's, it was my favorite straight up superhero comic, like from it's like from Marvel or DC. But well, let's just say that the uh, the one that's higher up on this list is is a, is kind of a different beast. But you know, hey, New Avengers aim. It's the kind of thing that that will um, help. Hope we share your faith in Marvel, you know, just a little. All right, number four is is the final volume of Granville Force Majeure. This is a story of of Detective Inspector LeBrock um, matching wits with the evil um, dinosaur um, Ke- um, Koenig. It's like like as he makes his move to take over, it's like um, it's like to take over Lo- like um the criminal criminal underworld of Lon- London. It's like I this is one of the things where it's like. I as soon as it arrived in in the mail, I put all my video game playing stuff on hold and just sat down and read straight through it because I've been because the first four volumes of this have been pretty great, and God knows like I was definitely looking forward to, to finding out how everything everything wrapped up. Well, thing is, it wrapped up pretty like um definitely pretty well. It's like I think the the I probably would have um pick this for um number one if it hadn't been for the fact that there are some that you know like there's a long bit at the end where uh where all the uh background and the merit major twists are basically explained to you the reader which you know that that was that was final it's like i mean and also like if you're familiar with under conventions some of the uh twists are you you will be able to see coming but overall, it's like the, uh, like um, the the art is the art is amazing. The execution is per, like is damp is damn near perfect, and you know it's like like I said, the flaws aren't really that that bad in the end because like you know like um, creator Brian Talbot has basically said this is going to be his final Granville novel, and you know this is just good enough to make me go, you know what? All right, it's like let's go ahead and end things now. Like we're still on a still on a high note before you know it's like like things have a chance chance to get worse so there you go so all it's like all five volumes of granville are very much worth your time it's like and this and this final one does end does end on a on like a very high note all right now number three is something i was ex- i was honestly expecting to say was one of the best comics of last year it just didn't quite um hit me in that way this is um i am a hero the story of a um of a manga who um, is somewhat mentally disturbed and also owns his own gun. But this is at a time when um, Japan is being overrun by a zombie-like plague. 
And, um, well, with the uh, two volumes that uh, Dark Horse released um, this, let's see, this year, it's like, I, it's like it. This is, it really hit its stride, particularly in it's like in volume in the, like in the fourth omnibus omnibus volume, where it's like where it's like our it's like our our protagonist um, finally like finally had to step up, and we got to see just just how great great he was with his it's like um it's like with his gun, it's like with his with his shooting skills, and also um it's like how the uh, like the uh, the settlement that he that he finds himself in, yeah, it's populated by like you know all the bad guys you expect in a zombie story, but you know it's like things, but 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 we also get to see how things like uh, kind of play out, like um, play out in interesting how things um like fall apart in it's like in interesting fashion. It's like as well as we get to see the uh, like how he gets how he gets to know the uh, it's like the uh, former nurse who's clearly going to be a um key player in this like in the series from from th- this point forward it's like and the uh and also the interesting mutated state of the girl the school girl that he had partnered partnered up with in earlier volumes it's like this like it's a it's a kind of setup that make that um that has some like really it's like intense action re- it's like really engaging character drama especially like you know everything i was kind of expecting from like from the very beginning, and it's like just you know everything you know just clicked here, so that that's why it gets that's why it gets the number three slot. It's like on my list now. Talking about that other Marvel comic that's on the list is number two, Silver Surfer by um, Dan Slott and Mike Michael Allred. Now, these two guys have been putting out quality Silver Surfer comics for several years now, and while while I was um. Expecting that the uh, that the uh, third volume they did for was going to be their last after it was you know the series was wrapped up um, for, like prior to uh, no, Secret Wars I was like really I was really entertained to see uh, the, the series get another reprieve um, like for like like in the af- in its aftermath now well we got another fourteen comic fourteen issues after that and like really it's like the uh, it's like they like they were they're they were still they're pretty pretty great too, and um it's like as uh, as like I was just to see more of um it's like like more of Don and the Silver Surf Don who is kind of like the uh, Silver Surfer's like female companion it's like um like exploring the uh some of the cosmos but with this um the final volume a power greater than cosmic things took a more emotional turn as Don had to deal with um. Like her, like her mother's um, indifference, it's like to like to her, um, to her existence, and um, it's like and some family tra- tragedies at home. It's like to the point where you know it's like they wind up retreating from the, like um, from the universe itself. It's like and also in a, uh, it's like in some really it's like in some emotional scenes as the uh, it's like like as the volume goes on. It's like that really. It's like that really um, hits on the point that 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 slot did a did an excellent job in establishing their relationship together, and um, Allred's art um, is just like perfectly perfectly weird and off kilter to make you enjoy this the series, and I also appreciate the fact that slot is always keyed into the current state of the Marvel universe, which is why we get a bit with Galactus the Lifebringer. It's like in this comic as well, and there's also and like the uh, 
and while the uh, final um, part of the comic um, could have been seen as a as a hopelessly cheesy retcon, as we uh, get the uh, origin of the Silver Surfers, um, like um, red on um, red on black dots um, application of the power of cosmic, um, it actually comes off as really really heartwarming and take it in worthwhile. So, so really, it's like th- this is like the last we'll be seeing of like uh, like of the character from from these two creators, and it's a very um, powerful note to go. It's like to go, to go out on. So, so kudos to to Slot and Allred for their strong work here. Now, the very best um, comic comic of the year. It's actually something I started reading back in back last last year. One a friend of mine turned me on to the scanlated versions of it because it it's a series that took something that took an i like a like a bit of um fantasy convention that I had never considered and just thought well it's like and um and just clued me into like hey you know what what do monsters in dungeons taste like yep I'm talking about delicious in dungeon this has been a it's like I'll admit it's like part of my Part of my appreciation for this series is also knowing where it's going, but um, the three volumes released, it's like released here, should be an indication to anyone that the series has definitely got got the goods. It's it's about a group of adventurers who were initially wiped out because you know they had like they had lost their supplies and were like completely famished, and now they've got and now the, some of the survivors have to go back in to rescue one of their one of their members from a, from a red dragon, but you know they've got to. But how are they going to maintain um, proper proper nutrition while going in there? Well, turns out there's a uh, there's a dwarf, it's like who who knows all the ins and outs of how to uh, how to eat how to prepare a proper dungeon feast. It's like it's it's a really clever clever look at it's like at at a fantasy du- dungeon crawl and something that that's been that, that I've really looked and like and like the idea of just like you know how do you prepare these monsters like this like. And you know, it's like it also make it, it's as with any good foodie manga, it also makes like you know these fantastical dishes um look like um look pretty appetizing as well. But and even though it's like the uh, series may have been hung on a uh, on a pretty conventional, it's like you know like a fantasy story. It's like it's create it's creator Ryoko Kui has also been um slowly um slowly in. Slowly dropping little hints as to, it's like as to how it's like as to like you know how the story is going to expand from here, and um, it's like and like as like as these as these little hints keep like are are dropped, it's like you know it's like the story gains more it's like gains more depth it's like in it it's like an interest along along the way, I mean yeah it's like I I'm already current in the series up to like uh, up to where it is in volume in volume five. And um, I'm going to keep reading the scanlations and keep buying the uh, manga because God knows she absolutely deserves my money for this um, fantastic series. In fact, I'm also buying it for. I also, um, I'm buying it on a regular basis um, for for another friend of mine as Christmas and birthday presents, and also for um, a, and also for like I also bought it as a gift for another um, friend friend as well because you know it's that good it's a series i really want to evangelize and yeah it's like i guess should be should be taking the world by storm if 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 there's any justice so there you go all right so that's the best 
But what was the worst? Well, this is sadly easy because, well, you know, it's like, well, I'll admit to having a soft spot for, like, for the Dark Knight Strikes again in the sense that, you know, no, it wasn't good, but at least managed to have enough energy to be entertainingly terrible. Its sequel, The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, was just plain terrible. It started off with an interesting setup in that, you know, it's like, hey, now Carrie Kelly is, like, is the Batman, and then proceeded to run away from that, like, with with full force, giving us a group of, like, um, fairly generic um, Kryptonian, it's like, um, Kryptonian supremacist fanatics, and, um, it's like, and uh, just showing the whole Superman-Batman status quo, it's like, that, that the original, the previous entries in the series had done their best to, like, you know, um, get, like, get away from. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's probably like the uh, the worst example of like the nostalgia, like nostalgia fuel that that's gripping the industry. Well, I've it's like you know, it's like it's well, I understand the idea like you know to uh, appeal to readers in the sense that you read know, the good old days back when like you were re- you read comics on a regular basis, and these comics we're putting out right now are just like that. But you know, it's like the uh, the Dark Knight Three just just takes just takes the. Uh, set up of Frank Miller's um, like Dark Knight universe and just grinds it down into something that's really that's far more conventional and recognizable. Miller has said that he wants to um, do a, a Dark Knight 4 after having like, you know had nominal co-writing participation in this but and you know it's like I figure it's just you know well it can't really get any worse but you know it's like I'm not sure I actually want to give him or DC and any money after reading this. It's it's terrible, and while you probably didn't need me to, to tell you to stay the hell away from it, huh, I'm going to tell you. Stay the hell away from it. It's awful. Anyway, but, you know, it's like we're not going to end on a um, downer note like that. Let's talk about stuff to look forward to in the coming year. So, along the same lines of Delicious and Dungeon, in terms of, like, scanlated series that I read that are getting a use release, well, we've got Kaguya-sum, Love and War, a romantic comedy series um, that manages to subvert a lot of the expectations that you have with the romantic um, comedy genre. Also coming, just in time for the uh, movie, is Battle Angel Lita, Mars Chronicle. The, the At least in my in my neck of the woods, long-awaited follow-up to um, Battle Angel Lita Last Order, which ended in a way that, you know, wrapped up the, uh, like, a lot of the lingering questions um, from the original series, but left the, uh, but also left the uh, new ser- the uh, developments from Last Order, um, like unsatisfyingly unresolved. Here's hoping that the that um, manga Yukiro Kishiro um, delivers the goods with this with this new series. Also, I kind of hope Marvel really gets its act together because, like, aside from you know, it's like the constant stream of bad bad press and bad sales that that was greeted with last year. You know, it's like. It's like you kind of hope that eventually they're going to be able like to turn things around and deliver some, some like some really great comics that really like um bring sales, sales sales back to the, it's like to retailers, it's like and deliver like us with lots of good comics that we want to uh, want that we want to read. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to the uh, new um to the um Avengers No Surrender um weekly comics event. Because God knows if you can't get um, Mark Wade, um, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub 
to um, deliver a uh, quality Avengers Weekly series, then there's really no hope for you at all. I mean, yeah, new new editor-in-chief C.B. Sabluski has been dogged by bad press with his revelation that he used to write under a um, Japanese pseudonym. But, you know, it's like, I think the worst punishment for him will be to would be to put him in this exact situation he is right now, trying to turn Marvel like a Marvel sales sales around. So, best of luck to him there, because the uh, com- because the because com- comics industry needs uh, a strong Marvel, at least until Image is able to take over take over the world. So there you go. Also, we've got the uh, final volume of Charles Soule's um, like um, bonkers, um, like um, science fiction series letter forty four. It's like the fir- first um, four volumes were um, an entertaining mix of um, political intrigue and soap opera, like just treading a fine line between um, like uh, between awful and awfully entertaining. So I'm definitely want to see how we managed to wrap things up here. Also, we've got the uh, final volume of um, Invincible, Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley's l- um, long-running superhero series that's been pretty pretty consistently awesome. For a good long while now, and um, it's like I'm really, really want to know just like you know what Kirkman has in store for this, like for this finale. Okay, then we've also got um, Bendis's move to DC, which, if rumors are correct, he's going to be taking over um, like one of the Superman titles. It's like at, it's like at the company, which you know, it's like hey, it's like I, I'd like to read um, like more good Bendis comics, and you know, it's like hopefully I'll have something, something I'm clever to say about about Superman. Maybe he'll be able to, to spark, you know, spark a sales um, turnaround like like for the character like on the level of, you know, like that, that Marvel has been trying to spearhead for their own characters. So there you go. Also, um, there's the there's the announcement last year that um, Dark Horse had been given the green light to do an original graphic novel about, um, about Nintendo's um, new Switch game, ARMS. You know, about the, uh, this is like world where people have created their own robotic arms and they engage in like um in uh, competitions to determine who's got the strongest one this is interesting mainly because it's like it's one of the few times that nintendo has like agreed to like um license out um its characters um like like to western publisher at, at that and um it's and it, it'll be interesting to see how this does both um, creatively and sales-wise, because it could be like a way of... Because after Dark Horse has um, established um, some... What I can only assume are some really good ties with Nintendo after publishing their um, Zelda... Like their Zelda art and source books and stuff like the art of Fire Emblem Awakening. This could be like the first the first step towards um, a uh, Nintendo-Dark Horse partnership that sees them getting... getting sees, um, Dark Horse getting the rights to maybe do more comics... On um, on, Nite- on Nintendo characters, you know, hey, a a, a Metroid miniseries that um that work looks to um to retcon the events of Other M, it, it could be possible, or maybe ongoing Zelda and Mario comics. No, we'll we'll see. It's like as the year goes on, but also it's like in terms of manga, it's like I I'm my main hope here is that we get more news about just about um, the future of Hiroki Endo's manga in the U.S. As I mentioned, the only five volumes of um, All Render Meguru have been released digitally in the U.S. with no indication that, that from Kodansha that they're going to, going to release more. I heard personally from Carl Horn 
that um, they, the Dark Horse is still invested in trying to find a way to release um, the, the rest of um, Eden, It's an Endless World, even if it's like, you know, having to reprint the series in three and one on to buy to get some kind of same kind of silk success they had with the Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service. They just, they're just, they just need to hear back from Kadansha about that. So, you know, it's like any kind of news about, about the completion of like either of those series will be very welcome on my end. Even if it's just word that, um, you know, it's like that, 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 um, that they're, they're canceled and I'm, we're not going to get any, any more of them. Cause like, then I can just, you know, I give up hope there, but you know, it's like, Hey, it's the beginning of the new year. So, Hey, there's plenty of hope. There should be plenty of hope at this point that, Hey, you know, something will go right. Something, anything. Cause that's what we need. All right. So, uh, John, um, any thoughts or hopes for the new year on your end? I just want some good entertainment, man. So you and me I both, guess, man. I guess we're going to have to see how things shape up. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we keep listening to the podcast. This is true, yes. All right. So, with all that said, do you know what you're going to talk about next week? Yeah, I realize I I got no clue. It's going to be be a surprise, everyone. Hey, it's going to be a surprise. So, that's not a big deal. We'll just have to wait until next next time to see what you have in store for us, all right? Yep. Cool. All right. And we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters.